Welcome to the Fire Inside Her podcast, a safe space for leadership, self-care, and community. I'm your host, Diane Schroeder, and it is my privilege to be your guide on the journey to authenticity. When I was 17 years old, I had my first tarot card reading and it freaked me out. I'm still not ready to unpack that with you guys. All I can say is I shied away from tarot for a long time. And then about four years ago, when I really started to reconnect with myself and the divine feminine within me, I started collecting oracle card decks and tarot cards. There's a difference and we'll get into that during the interview. And I really felt this connection to the universe through tarot. So every morning after I do my morning breathing and meditation, I usually pull at least one tarot card. Now, tarot cards aren't crystal balls. They don't tell you the your fortune. They can't predict the future. Tarot is simply a guide. It actually started as a card game in the 15th century. The cool thing about tarot is it really connects with the universe. There's the minor arcana and the major arcana. And the minor arcana also correlate with the elements of earth, water, air, and fire. I have really just found a great connection to tarot and the universe. There's no good cards or bad cards. The universe just gives you a card to ponder on. And I have found such comfort in that. As an example, we talk a little bit about this in the episode for about two months before I decided to retire from the fire service. I consistently pulled the three of swords which is an air element and the swords suit really focuses on conflict and overthinking so it really matches pretty perfectly what i was struggling with when i made that decision today i interview and we get to listen to gavi ramelli she is a tarot guide at luxie enchanted and she leads overwhelmed women who seek boundaries to identify what they need and establish a plan to enforce those boundaries and she uses tarot as the guide to do it I loved speaking with her, and she shares a little bit of her story and how Tarot helped guide her to start her own journey as an entrepreneur. And I hope that it opens your mind a little bit if you're not familiar with Tarot and just just a different way of viewing the world. Now, keep in mind, with Tarot, as with astrology and everything else, we as human beings have our own free will. So tarot can say one thing and you have every right to make your own decision. And without further ado, let's listen with Gabby Ramelli. Hi, Gabby. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. I am so excited for this conversation for so many reasons. But first, because i ask completely random questions sure. of my guests. I would like to know if you are a ketchup, mustard, mayo, ranch, what kind of condiment person are you? You know, it really depends on what I'm eating. I don't eat the same condiment every time. Like for my burger, I want mustard and mayo. 
I will actually probably never pick ranch at this point just because I don't do dairy. Okay. You might be the first person in my entire life that I've ever heard say they don't pick ranch. So I respect that. Yeah, I used, I actually do really like ranch. Yeah. I just I don't eat dairy because I, I have MS, so I try to eliminate dairy because it is a trigger for some of my symptoms. So it's been a road. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect segue. We are going to talk today about what you do and how you incorporate tarot. But before we get started down that road, I would love to hear a little bit more about you, your story how you've got to where you are in life, all the details you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. I'd say that, okay, so I do tarot. That started when I was like around 16. But more importantly than I just do tarot is I like to help women establish boundaries so that they can eliminate burnout and overwhelm and most importantly, find life balance because if you don't have a balanced life, then just kind of miserable, which is right. what I found back in 2020 when everyone's world was turned upside down, right, because of the pandemic. Well, that was one of the factors. Uh-huh. Mine was just I was working a lot despite it being the pandemic. Like, right. <laughs> we were still working a lot. I mean, you know, you have a, a background in fire, right? That doesn't stop. Yeah, my my life did not change during the pandemic. Right. I just increased my responsibilities and added teaching to my resume. Right. So like for the first responders and what did, what did they call it? The port essential workers. Yep. Yep. Essential workers. Yeah. Well, I worked in oil and gas and we were considered essential. So before 2020, in 2018, I had my first baby. Being a new mom, that changed a lot in your life. Like basically it changed. Like even though I remember thinking the day after I had her, I was thinking like, oh my God, my life is like completely different than what it was yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I grew this human, and I know I've been growing this human, but now this human is in the world and needs me in a very different way from rubbing my belly and, you know, all the other things. So, yes. Exactly. So, literally, from one day to the next, I was like, oh, my gosh, my life turned down, and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. I remember that feeling very well. I had her in 2018. I was still working in oil and gas at that point. And before I had her, I was working... 62 hours a week, roughly. Yeah. So that was a lot. And that didn't bother me being a single, or I was married, but still, like, I didn't have children. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But then when my daughter was born, I had the inevitable guilt, you know? I wasn't able to be around her as much as I wanted to. I felt like I was missing so many milestones. And then I can't even get started on American postpartum. (laughs) Like Uh, American parental leave. I was fortunate enough to to take the 12 weeks. Um, It was unpaid, though. I had unpaid Uh, 12 weeks. mm -hmm. I actually used FMLA because my employer at the time thought I was going to take six weeks. I was like, no, I'm going to take the full 12. And I mean, they couldn't say no, you know? Right. Good for you. So that, that was my first boundary without like me thinking like I need to put a boundary. That was just my like instinctual this is what I need to do. Absolutely. I did that. I did the 12 weeks. And then, of course, I put my daughter in childcare. And then, you know, here comes the pandemic. And 
in 2019, I remember like it was December, so it was right around the holidays. I was just so lost. I was lost in motherhood. I was lost in my job. I just felt so overwhelmed by everything that seemed to be consuming me that wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> there was just so much responsibility just piling up on top of each other. Yes. Right. I understand. Well, and if you're not feeling like yourself, you're. I'm assuming you are also not being authentic to yourself and, right. you know, covering yourself up to give everyone else what they need and losing your authenticity or I don't think anyone ever loses it. I think we cover it up. Yeah. It's, it gets buried deep, deep down. Yes. Yes. And I was definitely feeling that like I, I was so far gone that I actually did seek help. I remember the first time I met my, she was a life coach. And the first time I met her, I just bawled the entire time I talked to her and I just remember feeling like I was in this deep, dense fog, and I couldn't see anything in front of me, like not even my hand. Everything was just so completely gone. <laughs> I, I didn't have any direction, and then I was having intrusive thoughts. It was a really dark time for me, mm -hmm. and like I said, that was going into the pandemic, into 2020. We hadn't even been sent home yet. Right, right. So, so you're already... And a not a great space. And then the whole world shuts down. Right. And so, okay, so I was working a lot. I, mind you, I had spoken up for myself to reduce hours some. At that point, I think I was working 55, 56 hours, which is still a lot. Absolutely. Um, but still, I had reduced some of my hours and I was still working a lot. And here comes the pandemic. So I'm dealing with being you know, a mom to a toddler at this point with my crazy work hour, the pandemic. And then I get COVID from work, from going back to work in person. I had avoided COVID this whole time. Right. I go back to work and I get it. And I'm so mad, so bitter mm -hmm. because I've avoided it this whole time. Right. So I had to stay home a month with COVID, which meant my husband had to stay home. He was also an essential worker and he couldn't right. go to work. So the cherry on top the day like the day right after they're like okay you have covid like i had gone to see a neurologist and they told me like oh you have ms oh my gosh that's a lot like that's oh by the way right i just had everything coming down on me but thankfully at that point i already had my coach so she was helping me along the way set my boundaries in setting those boundaries one thing that stuck with me Mm -hmm. is that you have to tell them what your boundaries are. Like, don't ask them for permission. Can I do, like, can I do this? Because if you give them a choice, they're going to tell you no. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Tell them this is what I need. So basically expressing your needs, voicing mm -hmm. them out loud, letting people know that this is what you need to be met, to be happy. Mm -hmm. Sounds <laughs> simple, right? But I... So I remember having the conversation with my then supervisor that I needed to reduce my hours because I was burning out. This was before COVID hit and it was a big transition. So I had reduced them down to 56 and then I let them know I still can't, still a lot because I was working on six days every other week. That was one of the boundaries that I put in it 
to begin with. But then I was like, I, I can't. I can't work six days a week, every week. Like, I have to work Monday through Friday. Right. And, like, I have to have reduced hours. And we were working 10-hour days. So that still would have been 50 hours. My goodness. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, that's still reducing it by, you know, about six hours. So at least I'd have my weekend. Yeah. Right. Um. So there was that. And then also while I did that, I asked for a transfer in department because the department that I wanted to go to was a, a little less. <laughs> I mean, in comparison, it was a big shift, mm-hmm. which helped a lot. It felt like it took baby steps to get there. There was no like I went from 60 hours to 40 hours. Right. It didn't hope, happen overnight. So I just with with the tarot now, knowing what I know about setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. and having to take baby steps and also evaluating where you need your boundary. Mm-hmm. Like with the tarot, it gives you so much insight. I think of it as, I always explain it as a mirror. Tarot being a mirror and not me telling you your future. Right. Um, I mean, I think that it has that capability for some right. people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not dismissing that at all, but that's not what I do. Right. I use it as a tool to gain insight into what your situation is, how you may be feeling, how you may be handling situations, how you may actually be impacting how that situation is unfolding. Because I know that a lot of people, because, you know, they're in their heads a lot, they have so much going on, they can't see something clearly. Like, they need an outside perspective. Absolutely. You can't see the forest through the trees, especially... When, you know, I always think of my aunt had this plaque in her kitchen in the mountains growing up. And I never really understood it, but I always thought it was funny because it says um, it's hard to remember the objective was to drain the swamp when you're up to your ass and alligators. And I just thought it was funny because it said ass. Um, But that's so true. Like when you're buried, it's hard to remember, oh, this was the overall objective because we go into survival mode or our security detail kicks in and to not have any guidance or, you know, just a different perspective, I, it gets hard and overwhelming. It does. Uh, like I had mentioned earlier, I felt like I was in a fog right. initially and I couldn't see, and I couldn't even see the first step to make it better. Exactly. I was just blind. Right. So you, you have like, you're buried you're in a very dark place, you start to kind of crawl out and then whammo, you get COVID. And oh, by the way, you now have MS and you still have a toddler and we're still in the middle of a pandemic. How did you start using tarot to kind of give you a shift in perspective and how did that kind of help get you out of your dark space? Right. So I actually, during the time of COVID, I didn't use tarot. I started tarot when I was 16. And that was when I got my first deck and I kind of dabbled here and there, but I never took it seriously. It wasn't until after, like long after the pandemic, I think it was like 2022. Um, So last year, last January, um, I saw a tarot deck at Sam's Club of all places. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I really need to pick this back up. Like I really want it again. And I had initially bought it because I wanted to learn it again or to learn it better, deeper, a deeper meaning. But also I wanted it for self-reflection. Something that I carried from my time with my cousin is that you should always have 
a tool that you should use to help you self-reflect. Right. Give you kind of an open objective, like whether mm-hmm. it's journaling or hobby that gets you just out of that mindset and lets you really think think freely, you know? Like, right. Yeah. Clears your mind. <laughs> well, and I can imagine it also is very, like, to 16-year-old Gabby, it's like, man, that makes my heart happy. You know, that that inner child inside of you of, I really liked this before. I want to do it again. Yes, I know. I wasn't even looking for it. It was just there sitting on the table at Sam. I love it when the universe does that. You know, it, it, it was there. It was there. I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah, same. The way that things unfold always, it's for a reason. It's very cliche, but it, there's truth in it. Yeah, I believe in that. I believe in that. So you get your deck and then you take it home and you just start like yeah. so I reconnecting. Started doing, I, yes, I started reconnecting with my deck. I actually do. I, ha- I don't know how many decks I have at this point. I, probably at least 10, which is a baby collection in comparison. I agree. I have I have about 10 myself. Yeah. And so I'm, I don't have any more space to store them right now. So until I can make more space, I have to put a hold on buying them. Right. Um, I, I just, I like I said, I have more decks than I actually use. I use them so that way I can you know, have different perspectives because each deck has its own personality, yeah. I, I find. And so I do deck interviews. Okay. I like that. I get that. I get just that. Just to see kind of what I'm feeling in the moment and what I should be using. Like mm-hmm. sometimes... You know, one deck calls to me like one day. I actually have this one. It's a really, it's a small, like mini size deck, and it's very, very min. The the imagery mm-hmm. on it, um, but it, I feel like it's a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that sounds so woo woo. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. I like. I this is this is a woo woo conversation for sure. There's no need to apologize. <laughs> like, like I'm not super woo woo, but that sounds like it. Anyway. So I have this really small deck and I, when I feel like I'm just depleted, basically, Mm -hmm. like I don't Mm -hmm. have any energy left to give, like I just need something soothing. I go to this deck and I just feel like it's one of those like rubbing your back, patting you. I love it. I love it. So let's pick up for just a second for my listeners that don't maybe understand tarot or know what tarot is. Can you just give like a really brief, like, what is tarot and how is tarot different from like oracle cards or angel cards? They're all kind of in the same family, but everyone has a slightly different role. And tarot has been around for thousands of years. Right. So the tarot, there's different systems to tarot. Uh, I use the Rider Wade Smith system, which is probably the most common at this point. And it was started, I believe, in the early 1900s. So it's fairly new, I would say, in comparison to some of the tarot, other. Right. Yeah. Tarot as a whole is old, but the system is relatively new. Right. Right. For RWS anyway. But it's mm-hmm. interesting that that is the most, like, practiced. So all of tarot has a systematic meaning. The diff- Like the wands. Like all of the suits. Wands. Uh, swords, cups, and pentacles. They all correspond with elements. Yep. Air, fire, water, and earth. Right. And some of those you can use, or most of those you use them 
to kind of determine where you're at if a card comes out. Like if you're having swords, like you're probably dealing with a lot of mental stress or just like a lot of, you know, anxiousness. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are dealing with cups, you're probably very emotional. The earth, you're probably grounded. And wands, you know, they're fire, so you're probably super passionate about whatever it is. I love it. And then there's the major arcana. Right. Which is the journey kind of yes. the, from starting at the fool and ending at the world, right? Right. So the fool is starting out a new journey and it can be, you know, where you're feeling courageous and you're just going to go. But also it can be maybe you're being a little reckless and <laughs> you're still going to go anyway. And it ends up at the world where, you know, come full circle and you've completed, you're accomplished. Uh, so that is the fool's journey of the major arcana. And so when the major arcana actually comes out, that is very representative of a major life shift for you. Um, whether it be, you know, an actual event going to take place or even mindset. When major arcana comes out, you should really be paying attention as to what specifically your life like what major trait or aspect of yourself should mm-hmm. you be paying attention I love that and so how so for me personally I pull a tarot card usually every morning Yay. I pull a tarot after I meditate and after I breathe I sit at my altar and you know I I pull one sometimes I pull four um, and you know, you shuffle them. So there's 82 cards in a tarot deck, correct? Or some 78. 78. Okay. So 78 and you shuffle them. And if you think about it, it's pretty rare to pull the same one repeatedly. Oh my gosh. I call those stalker cards. So I have just gone through this major transition. I am, by the time this airs, I will have retired from the fire service after over half of my life. And while I was contemplating that, I would, you know, kind of process it. And I will tell you, I pulled the three of swords pretty consistently. I was like, seriously, again, again, again. And then this morning I sat down and I pulled four cards and I didn't pull the three of swords, but the two major arcana cards that I pulled was the devil and the world. So as you said, you know, represents those transitions and kind of letting go. And I think when you see the cards, oh, the devil, that gets a bad rap and the death card gets a bad rap. And it's not necessarily means that you're dealing with the devil and or you are going to die. I mean, explain that. Like, if I'm wrong, please correct me. It just means like it's a, are you sure you know what you're doing? Do you need to let go of things? And like with the death card, is it an ending? And that means there's a new beginning? Yes. Yes. The death is a new beginning, basically. So in the death card, you can see that he's kind of at a standstill and, you know, the Pope or whoever it is, they're pleading with the guy on the horse and there's children there also. But in the background, you can see that the sun is rising through the tower Mm -hmm. and that there is hope at the end of this kind of journey that which I don't know if you've noticed in the death card. The path to that those towers is very unclear. Yes, yes. Like you don't know where. Like where's the path? I don't know. There's water. There's rocky road. Like, like that is very much representative of there will be obstacles. 
There will it's be uncertainty. Journey. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, I think it beautifully represents, I like to focus on the journey to authenticity. And as we journey through our lives, it's never about the destination. It's not about getting to the tarot. It's not even really about death. I mean, that's the one sure thing, you know, none of us get out of this life alive, but it's the journey to that. And, you know, the journey's bumpy, it's unknown, it's winding, but if you can be authentic. And I think the more you can peel back the layers and be genuinely yourself, the journey gets a little easier. And and you have that faith. It does. And I feel like setting boundaries for yourself wants like the key to being your authentic self. Because if you can tell people what you stand for, no one can tell you what can kind of like penetrate your your kind of bubble of protection for yourself that you've put up. Unless you let them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. Now, let's dive into a little bit more about how does tarot then, how do you help women and tarot do that? So, if, how does, if someone's interested and like, you know what, I'm going to try this out. Tell me how you do it. And then I also kind of want to touch upon the stigma around tarot and the woo-woo and the, you know, all the things that go with that. Sure. Real quickly, I just want to answer your question about how Oracle is different. Yes. Oh, sorry. I completely forgot about that. Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. So Oracle is different in that they don't have the system in place the way that Tarot does. Like, it's not a, like, a strict system of, like, this is the meaning. Um, each Oracle deck is going to have its own feel for answers and open for interpretation. That's mm-hmm. the short. I like that. I think of Oracle as kind of beginner. So when you, before you jump to Tarot... Like maybe you start with an oracle deck and some angel cards and just to maybe get more comfortable with how it works. And then tarot's like next level maybe. Right. So I think also another big difference in oracle and tarot is that oracle might be a little more tuition heavy. You will use your intuition in tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, yes, oracle decks come with a book, but you also can kind of how you feel towards the mm, cards. That's beautiful. I like that. Okay, so <laughs> I answered that. Let me go back to the fast forward to your question. You asked, how do I use tarot to kind of give guidance for setting boundaries and eliminating or getting, stepping toward eliminating overwhelm, right? Yes, with your clients. Okay, so I draw cards using a spread. And first, before I even do that, I ask questions of my clients. Like, I want to know kind of a background, just not necessarily questions I'm going to ask the tarot yet, but I want to know, like, what is going on in your situation? Why do you feel overwhelmed? Or if you can't even tell me, like, just what is overwhelming you? And so I like to get to the root cause of the problem because a lot of the ways that people feel it's rooted elsewhere yeah. Um. Like, for me, I feel like I always have to hurry up and do. Something. I have like I have a lot of anxiety behind people are waiting on me, <laughs> and I I feel like sometimes as a kid I was told like you know hurry like let's get going, <laughs> and so it's just like ingrained like I have to get things done right now. Right. That's that's a very vulnerable and very aware thing to know about yourself. So that's good for you. Thank you. So I feel like a lot of people have also about themselves. Like, it's just 
things that they grew up with in childhood that weren't necessarily bad things in their childhood. It's just it affects the way that you the way that you carry out what you do. Absolutely. It shapes who we are. Right. And so because I always felt like I had that, oh my gosh, people are waiting on me. Like that that's a people pleasing tendency. So being a people pleaser or, you know, trying to reform, I'm being, I'm a reforming people pleaser. Absolutely. <laughs> I say that about being a reformed Catholic. So I understand. Okay. So in that, like you have to be able to understand about yourself, like, why is this a problem for me? And so I like to ask those questions to the tarot because it's something that you are actively thinking about most of the time. Right. It's like, where in my life, my my lifeline here, mm-hmm. did this become a problem? Mm-hmm. And how can I redirect that change? Mm-hmm. And so I like to use the tarot to, one, find the past problem and kind of figure out where you're at. And what are some action steps to get you out or to start getting you to changing that thought process of getting out of where you're at? So that way you can be aware in the future of changing that particular issue. Okay. I like that. That's, that's really powerful. And how do you work with the stigma around tarot? I'm assuming, and you know, I don't always assume because assume aside, but you know, people are coming to you because they already have a curiosity about tarot. And so, you know, there's some of those barriers you don't have to knock down, but you know, just to like, let someone be genuinely in the moment by asking, I'm assuming it's asking questions as well. And then like they get a card and they're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is not what I was expecting. Right. Actually, a lot of clients that I've had have been very intimidated. I think by going into a tarot reading as far as, Oh my gosh, it's going to read the worst. And I know that I've I've talked to other readers and they've said that, you know, most of their clients actually think the opposite, that they have like this this ray of sunshine is going to be at the end and the tarot is going to be a, a great read. And I'm like, really? I've never, I have not had one client yet that has thought that. Okay. Like, all right. send all your clients my way. I need that positive energy. Right, right. Try to be very upfront about what the expectations are of the tarot. Um, I don't want to read for, you know, people and their toxic relationships. Getting relationship advice is one thing. If you truly want to improve a relationship and see where the recovery is, what what you're doing now and how you can, you know, change it. It's different. For someone broken up 10 different times and it's the same cycle, you know, yeah, tarot's not going to fix that. That's going to be some unpacking and some professional therapy. Right. And I, I, I need to say that right now. I am not a therapist. Right. Right. I am not a therapist. I am not a legal like counsel. I'm not right. a doctor. Right. Tarot's not going to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give advice on those things. Like I said, I try to be upfront about what the expectation is. And also, I, I try to give kind of... This is what you might expect. This is what it's not. Right. Just, I, I feel like a lot more. I guess you just have to set people up 
to know that this is what it is not. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of get through it. Just because, you know, the people who are interested in tarot are usually interested in wanting to know their future. <laughs> right, right. And it's not a crystal ball, like you said. Like, you, you can't predict the future. It's more of this is where you're at in this time and moment. And it can change when we reshuffle the deck. And it can, you know, it can change tomorrow when we shuffle the deck. Do you find it helps with the boundaries? Because it gives maybe someone an anchor or like a, a thought to be like, oh, wow, I never looked at it that way. And that's a great conversation piece and giving them the tools to speak up for themselves. Absolutely. So, like if that's perspective, going to be different than someone who's been living this way their entire life. They may not even know that they have these tendencies or these habits. Like, until they see, like, someone else say it to them and they, like, their world starts changing before their eyes. They're like, oh, I do that. And I do allow other people to steer the situation in a way that I don't necessarily want it to be steered in. And so sometimes it's just you've been doing it for so long that it doesn't feel like it's out of place for you. It just feels normal. Right. Like we said, boundaries is leads to authenticity. And I also think that setting boundaries, and um, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say, is really a great form of self-care. Oh, absolutely. Um, how, you know, how you set boundaries for yourself is one of the greatest ways to take care of yourself, but we may not think of it like that. We may not equate boundaries to self-care when the reality is if you have firm boundaries I believe then that's a huge way to take care of yourself absolutely like you are protecting your mental health at this point like with boundaries you were trying to eliminate that overwhelm and overwhelm is anxiety driven you know Girl, yes, I do. And, and, and when it starts creeping up, it's like, okay, what's going on? What's what's the universe trying to tell me? What's my energy? You know, it's right. mental health, but it's also protecting, I think, your energetic health, like how you, you know, show up in the world. Right. And so one of the things that I also like to talk about is what are your triggers to getting to being burnt out? Like, don't fix it once you're there. I mean, yes, fix it, fix it. but also, right. <laughs> but if you can stop it, like right. it's like a fire, right? Like if I can have my guys put a fire out prior to burning the house down, that's always a better situation if it can stay in the room and contents. So if, you know, putting those things in place, be like the triggers are great. And how do you talk to people about triggers? How do you tell them to recognize them? Right. So I like to use the tarot again so that way I can kind of identify where they've struggled in the past and where that that trigger may stem from and how they can look at that trigger from a new perspective and really look at what the cause and effect can be. Like if you let X happen, what is going to happen? You know, like if you let it go far enough, the whole of it is going to be out the window. Yeah, and and it's all related, right? Like we're you can't really do one without the other. You can't set boundaries without knowing what your triggers are. You can't take care of yourself unless you know. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel. You're not connected with who you are. 
And I love that you use tarot as a guide for that, just kind of as a, you know, that outside perspective. And I couldn't agree more because I find that, you know, I don't read for people. I've occasionally with my friends and close family have like done it, but it's so accurate every time. Like there's never, you know, there's never good or bad cards. There's just the cards that you pull, right? Right. Exactly. So every, like, like you mentioned about the devil, like people see it as a bad card, but every card has a shadow meaning. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there can be good aspects from the devil card. It can tell you, like, where your your kind of addiction be, where you're holding yourself back. Whew. Yeah, and that's when I think that's another great segue into our shadow side. We all have a shadow side, and part of becoming authentically uncomfortable and just showing up genuine is I always say you got to make friends with your shadow. It's not a bad thing. It's we all have it and it's understanding it and knowing that, oh, that's my shadow side. Okay, what's what's going on? It's more like a warning of, hey, pay attention. Right. So I guess in a way, the way that I use tarot is touching on shadow work. I don't want to deep dive into. Right, right. <laughs> into like what the root cause is and the trauma. And I'm just trying to get you out of it i'm very much like progress focused like you know if you want to understand you should definitely seek actual professional help (laughs) no that's that's really important to differentiate that and you know to say that and i think if someone's done the work and they're continuing to do the work and they've got some tools in their toolbox and they're like all right i'm ready to you know look forward i've been you're ready to explore and use these tools. Tarot's a great, like, yeah. all right, cool. Like, just give some language around it or options. Right. And I think that's actually kind of where I came from. Like I mentioned earlier, I was in this really deep, dark place. And I sought out help. And then only after I started actually working on myself and having those boundaries in place, like, it took me years after the fact to actually be like, oh, I'm going to use tarot to implement some of these ways that I can actually like look forward. How can I create a better life for myself? How can I create this balance? And for the places that I may be struggling, like it doesn't have to be that way. How can I improve the situation? Right. With what you can control. With you what know? you can control. Yes. Because there's so much we can't control. And right. I just think what a beautiful gift for your daughter to see that and to watch you know mom you know be real and be genuine and have those boundaries that's a beautiful gift to pass along you know we we pass along a lot of stuff to our kids um not all of it's great you know just like our parents pass along there's some of their baggage but to also see that you can pass along those positive and she grows up saying you know my mom had boundaries and I respect that and I may not always understood it but I respect that. And I think that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I definitely try to teach her to speak up for herself. I always tell her, no one knows what you're thinking unless you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So true. That's that's leadership advice. That is that's leadership life. Like that is just a nugget to hang on to because, yeah, it falls along. But no one knows how much you care until you tell them how much you care. Well, thank you so much, Gabby, for sharing all of your wisdom and parts of your story. To wrap up our conversation, I would love to know what it means 
to you to truly be part of a community? What does that look like and what does it mean for you? I don't think of a community as, you know, me helping other people. I think of a community as everyone helping each other. Everyone is bouncing ideas off of each other. We're all learning together. We're all teaching each other different things. Like someone is going to be better at one thing than you are. And this is not a competition. This is a learning experience. I love that so much. That is that is mic drop right there. We are all here to learn from each other and not like outdo each other or compete. I always say all boats rise. Yes. I believe that. So how can my audience, how can we find you? I will put everything in the show notes, of course, but um, what's the best way? What do you prefer? How do you connect? Sure. Uh, you can find me. I'm most active um, on Instagram. I'm at Luxie Enchanted and Luxie is L-U-X-I. And you said you'll put it in the show notes. So um, I'm at Luxie Enchanted on Instagram and also on Facebook. I do go live every week on Thursdays to touch on a post that I post on Mondays. It's called Mother and Mondays. I love it. <laughs> I give little snippets of like one, one topic. Like this past week, I talked about finding your voice. Mm. So I think that's one of the most important things about, you know, setting boundaries, finding a voice. Just different topics every, every Monday. And then on Thursdays during my lives, currently I'm doing them on Facebook, but I'm thinking about swapping them to be on Instagram. Okay. I will definitely put it in my bio of where they're at, where you can find the live. For my lives, I do a two-card draw and they touch on the topic from Monday so that way you can get a little peek at how the tarot cards can apply to your personal situation based on the topic from Monday. I love that. What a great, great content. That is Thank you. Wonderful. That's beautiful. Perfect. Well, I will put all that in the show notes and it was lovely speaking with you. Yeah. Oh, also one thing that I want yes. to um, to note, I also have a free nine step action guide. Oh, awesome. Yeah, to okay. go from overwhelmed to overjoyed. Uh, and so that you can also find in the link in my bio on Instagram. Oh, perfect. And, and I can, I can put that in the show notes as well. So people can access it from wherever they are. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to this episode. Curious on what to do next? Go ahead and follow wherever you're listening to this podcast so you can get updates each week when new episodes are released. And head on over to thefireinsideher.com slash audio for a free audio to help you get started on your self-care journey. Until next time, remember, you are a badass and you are not alone.